You're listening to the Better Together podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Free Will Baptists. Welcome to the Better Together podcast, where we look for ways we can work together to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today we have with us Pastor Kevin Barnett. He is there in uh, Pocahontas, Arkansas at Sutton Fuel Baptist Church. And Pastor Kevin, you've been there for six years, haven't you? Six years. We came in January 2017 was our first year. And uh, been there ever since. Made it through COVID. So uh, hopefully we make it a little more. This is great. Well, we appreciate you being with us today. and Absolutely. Today we have Pastor Kevin talking to us about D-groups. And so I know that's a major part of your ministry there in, uh, at Sutton Church. First off, just kind of unpack for us. I know uh, many of our listeners are aware that D-groups, uh, we have a 3 for 30 goal of increasing the number of D-groups in our churches. What is a D-group? So a D-group is, is short for discipleship group, and um, discipleship groups are uh, a small group of maybe four to six people, six at the most, that meet together, and, and the way we have them set up is to meet together for a year. Uh, they meet once a week, and um, there's some commitments that are made on the very front end, and we hold them accountable to do those things throughout that time. Something that D-group is not, though, is Sunday school. And um, sometimes it gets a little bit confusing for people. Um, Sunday school is anybody that wants to come. Once we start a D group and one forms, after about two weeks, it becomes closed. So that group of people is together for that entire year. We don't add someone in that time. Part of that is for the accountability side. Part of it is just for um, making sure that everything stays confidential as well. Mm-hmm. So. People are asking all the time. They say, what's the difference between D group and Sunday school? And yeah. so Sunday school is more of an instructional. Yes. Uh, people are usually not like, hey, where are you at? Or did you read your Bible this right. week? In right. um, D group, people have uh, have agreed to that. I want you to ask me about that. That's right. Yeah, well, accountability is one of the big things that we see in D groups. and um, And we've seen big results out of that as well. The, the Sunday school, you know, you try to get as many to come as you can get to come, and, and they, uh, they set in, whether it's 30 minutes, an hour, however long it is, and, um, and you're glad that they've come, but sometimes we don't hold them as accountable as maybe we should. And so the D group provides the opportunity for us to meet with this four to six people and get their agreement on the front end that they will be held accountable and they want you to hold them accountable. So we actually have them sign something saying, you are going to hold me accountable for this next year. I give you permission to do that. And so we always tell them on the front end that if something is broken confidentiality wise, then we will approach them about it and we'll have to, to get that worked through. And then also in terms of Bible reading, Bible memorization, uh, those type things, we hold them accountable every week to come in and, and, uh, they actually quote their verses. We go around the room and we quote verses that we've memorized for the week. Um, we do uh, what we term hear journals, which is borrowed from Robbie Gallaty's uh, design. And uh, so we have a chapter a week that we read, and um, and then we we discuss that. We share the hear journals that we've we've done, and uh, then we also have a, a book aside from a chapter in the Bible that we read through as well to just help us unpack everything. So, D groups consist of. I've read something from the Bible, often something from a book. Mm-hmm. I'm, there's accountability. I'm going right. to be asked about it. I'm going to recite the Scripture. When I'm memorizing Scripture, I'm going to recite that in the D group. Yeah. So that's the whole accountability part. If I'm not there, 
people are going to ask me about it That's if right. I'm not reading the chapters. So there's it, more. That's what you're getting. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we do have people because it's a year-long commitment and because we meet, do meet once a week. Uh, some people have jobs they have to travel. You have vacations that come up during that time. So we have people call in, and we'll have them. They actually agree because they see the value in meeting together with that group. They'll call in from their vacation. They'll call in from their work, um, and they'll be on the phone. It's not the same as being in person, but they're still staying connected, and they're still uh, being held accountable to making sure that week they've done what they're supposed to do. The thing we do encourage, too, is because sometimes – you know, I know it's the case with me. I'm sure with some others, maybe um, we tend to put off till that last moment. We have to get it done to do it, and so we encourage them as we read a chapter of the Bible. And we always start with the Book of John because I think it's a clear presentation of who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. And so we start with John, the first chapter, and we actually ask them to read that twice a day for the first week, and uh, to at least get it read. Uh, 10 times that week. And uh, after the second day, we ask them to start writing about what they've read. And almost everyone has said, after we've read it about four or five times, we see things differently than what we saw before. And um, so it's it's important to just keep going over that scripture, I think. But we try to make sure that they don't wait until a day or two before we meet to actually do everything. So we try to get them to do it throughout the week and get that habit in them in that year so that they continue it on after that year. So they're getting into the habit of reading the Scripture, really meditating on it, yes. and discussing it. And the here journal, they're writing certain things down, aren't they? They are. So they, that here word, um, each letter stands for a certain aspect. The H is to highlight. So as we read through John chapter 1, just use that as an example, they'll highlight a verse that they go through. We ask them to do at least four of those a week. Uh, Five is where we want to get them to. And uh, so they'll highlight a verse. They'll explain the verse in their own words, and they can use background information to do that with. But hopefully in their own words, they're explaining what they're reading and what they understand it to mean. They then apply it to their own life and maybe the life of their family around them, and then they respond to it. So that response sometimes is a prayer about, God, I realize from what I see here that there's something needs to be different in my life. And so that response is, help me to make this change or to do differently maybe what you're opening my eyes to. And so as you've had people go through this process doing D groups, you've really seen some great impact upon the church, haven't you? We have. Um, and there's a lot of stories I could I could share with you. There's there's one in particular that I usually use when we talk about this. and. And it's a family of, of five, mom and dad, two and three kids. And um, they, so the, the dad went through the D group first and he saw the value in the here journals, especially. And so he goes home and he starts having his family start doing that together. And so the children were of the age, the youngest one at that time could not read. So he would sit down, it happened to be a boy, he would sit down with him and they would work together for about 15, 20 minutes on it. And then the middle-aged was a girl, and she was in, I want to say, about second, third grade at that time. The mom would actually work with her. The oldest was in fifth or sixth grade, and so she would do it. So they had three separate times, Mm. but then they came together and they discussed it as a family. And um, 
through that, um, the middle-aged girl actually set up a prayer closet on her own so that she could go in and actually do what she could do by herself. They started, their kids started inviting people to church. Uh, it prepared them to have some difficult conversations at young ages with kids in school. And uh, f- through that process, the dad has now become a deacon mm. in the church. And uh, the mom is is uh, going through a D group at this point in time. And so we've just seen a transformation in that family that's actually reached beyond them and into some of their other family members as well. So we've seen some results such as that. Uh, we also had a, a situation where a mother went through. She had a, a daughter that went off to a, um, a, a school, a math and science school in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And so she was in Hot Springs. And... Um, her mom had went through this D group. Her mom had shared it with her. And when she goes down there, she sees the value in this. And so she begins a study group with her fellow students and led it for two years. Wow. So it's just kind of reaching out even beyond just the church. And it truly is a D6 family kind of thing. Absolutely. That was really the basis of how we got started with this. Um, when I first came and interviewed for the church, the concern was that we have students that are growing up through the youth program. But then they graduate, and we don't see them again. And that's not 100% that way, but a large portion of them were, some were moving off, and you understand that. Yeah. But some were just not coming back. And so the deacons ask, you know, what can we do to change that? I know that's a concern in a lot of churches. Um, And so I went to the D6 conference that year, and uh, Robbie Gallaty spoke. And I'd heard him once before, but probably took in more of what he was saying the second time. And I was looking for something that we could try, something we could do. And um, so we came back to the church and uh, kind of presented this, this D group model and um, said, I would like to try this because if we could change the family, mom and dad, then we're going to change kids. And while it may not give us results in that first year of graduates that we had, we got to know we're in this for the long haul as well. And so we uh, we began implementing it that year, and that was a couple of years before COVID, and then the COVID disruption. But but uh, but we were able to stick through it through that as well. That's great. So I'm listening. I'm a pastor, or I'm a lay person. I'm thinking, wow, <clears throat> this would really be great at our church. This would really make a difference. What what are the how did you do this? How are, what are the nuts and bolts of getting a D group or getting D groups going? Robbie Galley's got a, a book called Growing Up. And uh, he lays out a plan for discipleship groups in that. Um, we took that as a model, but we adapted that model to our church. We've actually made a few changes every, every generation, we call it every year, as one group finishes and another starts. We've, we've made some changes along the way. But we really began with his, his first book, Growing Up, in that, and used that to try and identify a model for us. And then uh, from that, we developed um, some guidelines for those who will lead because um, we want, uh, as things go away from its original beginning, sometimes they have um, the tendency to water down. Yeah. And we wanted to maintain that accountability. We wanted to maintain the, the seriousness about growing spiritually in the Lord through this. And so we, we developed some guidelines for those that would lead and, um, and so we hold our leaders accountable to those guidelines. Then those leaders hold the members of the D group accountable to what that D group will study for that year. So it's kind of a, a multi-tier accountability 
but in order to keep it going as um, with the integrity that we began with, we wanted to, to put that in place. So, you know, getting a group of four to six people together, maybe reading uh, Robbie's book to begin and get the idea. We actually have our groups go through that book Mm -hmm. uh, to begin with, and he's got two others in that series. We work through them as well. And uh, then we kind of springboard from that into some other studies. Now, we're, we're going through the Bible that whole time. We're not yeah. just reading his books. But, but that's really the, the beginnings of it. And then, um, you know, once you have that first year under your belt, you have a good idea of what you want to do with it. And, of course, reaching out to some other pastors who have done those would be helpful as well. Absolutely. And so your leaders, they're going through the books. They're studying that. Mm-hmm. And so to multiply – how, where does your next set of leaders come from? Okay, so we the first year that we started this, um, we we went through, and uh, from that we tried to identify some individuals that had went through that group that would then lead another group. And on the uh, on the ladies' side, we were more successful than we were on the the men's side, which um, in talking with some others, that's pretty common. But um, but we did identify some ladies that would lead. And then uh, what we realized was this would probably be better if that leader had a second year of going through a D group where they assisted the leader. So they had responsibilities throughout that year to do and to hold accountable. But then it would be their third year, they become the leader and they begin to train a co-leader as well. It's almost that Paul-Timothy model that Mm -hmm. you see. And so we, we tried to, to implement that. And so now we have a, a leader in a group, we have a co-leader in a group, and then we have the other members. So usually there's four, if you want to call them at-large members, that are a part of the group then, so six altogether. So someone's listening, they're saying, okay, I can see this. I've got a couple of, uh, a couple of leaders, get them together. We're reading the Bible. We're probably starting with Galatee's books. The nuts and bolts, like... Where do we meet, and how does yeah. something like that look? How did you guys do it? You know, when I first came to the church, the church, uh, because we are in somewhat of a rural area, the church was the center of people's lives. It had maintained that, and I didn't want to break that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted the church to, to maintain that in their life. So we decided to do them all at the church. There's a few times that some of the groups will meet in one another's house, maybe Christmas, Thanksgiving, that kind of thing. But 99% of the time, they're meeting at the church because we want the church to still be a focal point of their life. Some people choose to do them in coffee shops, maybe even restaurants, some people's homes, those type things. But uh, but we've chose to maintain them there at the church just to keep that as a center part of their life. And so you're listening, whatever works for you, right? Absolutely. Uh, there's not a Absolutely. lot of... Um, in Pocahontas, Arkansas, there's not a lot of coffee shops. No, so, there's not. Uh, but there's not. where you're at, listening from, there could be, and so Absolutely. that's that's just fine. Um, but it has created a situation where people are noticing all the folks at the church. They are. So we'll have uh, the first couple of years that we done them. We didn't really go church wide and announce, "Hey, here's what we're doing." Um, so we kind of just went to individuals and began forming these groups. So we had other people from the church that would drive by throughout the week because they may meet on Monday night or Tuesday night or Thursday night, or they may stay after Wednesday night Bible study. And so people would drive by and they'd see all these cars at the church. And so I'd get a phone call and say, have we got something going on that I missed at the church? So they're seeing people there more. And uh, in some ways, 
that kind of breeds a yearning to be there as well. And uh, so it's it's been good, not only for our own people, but people in the community see that the church is active and they see things going on, not just on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, but throughout the week. That's good. So the church is the center of, of things, yeah. so to speak. Mm-hmm. So you've shared a little bit of this, but what has been the impact upon the church and the community with these people engaging in D groups? You know, there's, um, we could probably list quite a bit here, but um, we've seen a more dedicated church is what I would say overall. Mm-hmm. We see our Sunday school program actually growing uh, because this doesn't replace Sunday school. It's, it's another avenue. It's deeper study with um, a small group of people. So we've seen it, though, branch into our Sunday school to where now discussions in Sunday school are deeper than what they were before. We actually have one Sunday school class that's kind of our 40 to 60-year-olds. Um, they've brought Bible memorization back into the Sunday school. And so they they don't get as accountable as we do in a D group, but they invite anyone that wants to try and, and quote it to do it in the week. So we've had an impact in that way in Sunday school. We've also seen in our Wednesday night Bible studies that we have more conversation that goes on in those. Uh, we have a larger attending group of people. Uh, but we're also seeing it have impacts in kids, uh, some in ways that they appreciate, sometimes in ways that they're not really excited about right now. And um, we've got a, a young couple that attended the Nationals this last week, and, and they listened to Miss Arlene and her uh, presentation, and they got her book. And the dad went home and read it, and he said, you know, there's some changes we've got to make. Now, he's in a D group right now. Mm. Uh, Mom is also in a D group, and uh, she's reading the book. I saw the child last night, Wednesday night at at church, and he said, you know, I'm not really excited about these things (laughs) because it's a change in his life as well. But mom and dad realize, and, you know, would this have happened without D groups? Maybe. But at the same time, they're at a much uh, deeper spiritual maturity than what they were before which brought them to, to national convention, which then also made them take interest in, in what's going on. And, and so they took it and they applied it. And, and he, we have a, um, a set of, of books that we kind of recommend each D group to go through. And then we have a set of books that we say, these are options if you'd like to use them. Her book will probably become one of our options just because, especially for groups that have parents of young children, mm-hmm. just because it is such an important uh, topic to speak on. So what you're saying, they're getting more mature and Absolutely. they're learning more about the word and it's impacting how they do their families. It's, it's impacting their behavior. It's, it's a wonderful thing. It is. You know, there's nothing that kind of warms a pastor's heart more than to be called in a meeting and say, we've been studying this, but we really understand it. Can you help us get this? Man, that makes you feel good when you oh, see yeah. you know a group of either ladies or men doing that. So we have those things going on. That's great. Well, yeah. thank you for what you're doing there in Arkansas. And hey, and thank you, Kevin, for stopping by to be with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. And we want to thank you, our listeners. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. We encourage you to take it, share it with folks that might benefit from it. If you've got questions, email that to us at questions at nafwb.org. We can get you in contact with Pastor Kevin. We can try to provide you information if you want to do something with D groups. Uh, do what you can to get this information to others. Remember, Every little thing we do matters. It really does help. We truly are better together.